Welcome to another episode of the Stuff and Things podcast, coming at you live from the Dead Eye Barbecue Sauce Studios here in Windsor Heights, Iowa. On tonight's show, we're going to recap Iowa's game with Purdue over the weekend. Also take a look around the Big Ten at uh, what happened with the other games and what's been happening in the news a few days after that. And we'll also look ahead to this weekend to Iowa's home opener against the Windy City Kitties of Northwestern. We'll be right back after this. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen to? How do I make money from my podcast? Well, the answer to every one of those questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. When we wanted to start a podcast talking Hawkeye sports, Anchor was our spot to go. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. All right, welcome back. And um, it was a tough weekend. All that excitement for nothing. Not nothing. Not nothing. Not nothing. A letdown. A letdown. I mean, a, a and, familiar outcome was Purdue. And, and since Saturday, I've had some time to reflect. You know, it was. Uh, we were not happy at the time. Wasn't uh, I, I? Was disgruntled to say the least. I was not gruntled, but uh, you know, if it's if the option is between watching Iowa and there's a chance of them losing or not watching them at all or not having. You know, that thing to look forward to, and I, I said this before, um, not on, on, on the pod, but just in, in the last few months, like, for me, missing football wasn't about as, uh, wasn't as much about missing the three hours from kickoff till, till it was over. It was about, you know, like the routine and having something to look forward to, and you know, you have the work week that kind of built up towards the weekend, a reason to get together with friends, even though that's kind of, you know, a little bit on hold this year, too. It was kind of all of the ancillary things around that, so... To have all of that, as well as the excitement for the game, and then for it to kind of be, yeah, that that old plotting feeling. I don't know. It kind of felt like, well, like two years ago, Purdue. It kind of felt like um, twenty what sixteen North Dakota State, where you kind of just about partway just through the, the second half, you kind of could do the math. So I just felt off. Iowa's got the ball, but then they're not scoring, and they can score quick. And you're kind of looking at the clock, and kind of just. You know, putting your finger up to the way in terms of that momentum, and it just didn't feel good. So yeah, definitely was one of those where uh, seen that episode before, kind of know how it ends, and you you were hoping that it was gonna, uh, you know, kind of change course. But in the end, uh, David Bell was just too much, and and you know the Hawks had had plenty of things that were under their control that the uh, you know that they're typically pretty disciplined in in terms of turnovers and penalties that they just um, you know didn't didn't execute. Those goddamn Brown brothers. Doesn't matter. Jeff Brom, Brian Brom, man, they just they have Iowa's number. But yeah, like you said, David Bell is there's a reason that Iowa went about as hard as at them to recruit that kid as they had at probably anybody since Kirk's been there. Um, even got him on campus, visited a few times, but man, they just couldn't get him out of officially a problem. I think yeah, could say he is a problem. Thank God probably only gonna have to face him one more time. 
Really? Oh, yeah, because he, he was a true freshman last year. Yeah. Right? He was a true sophomore, so he's got one more year. Let's see if he can get 13 catches again next year. I, I, I would In 21, 22 targets? Yeah. I mean, it was it was a lot. There was there was no secret as to what they were doing. Um, yeah, I think it was, it was 21, 22 targets, all, almost half of O'Connell's targets. I think he had 50 passing attempts on Saturday. Um, they were going to throw it to David Bell, and they were going to run with, you know, the Mike Allstock clone, you know, Xander Horvath. Xander Horvath. But man, if you but if you just look at the stats alone, I mean, 460 total yards. They rushed for almost 200 yards. Petrus didn't have a bad game, missed some throws, but that's probably to be expected. But I mean, name of the game: two lost fumbles, ten penalties. I mean, there's there's certainly uh, in, in to those two points, those are and two, two costly fumbles. Those are two fixable things. So I mean, there, there's I think plenty of good things to take out of this. Not to try and polish up a turd too much uh, because, you know. I'm going to just I was certainly feeling pretty turdy on on Saturday, but uh, the Buffalo chicken dip was on point, so that's all I cared about. But, yeah, you don't have those two turnovers. That's minimum six points. You know, they they were within field goal range on those. Um, And Sargent's fumble, they were driving, getting big chunks of yards. Yeah, I mean, they they were making good progress, had some good. And and the first fumble, didn't Banwert pretty well punch the ball out of good Yeah, he he kind of did the old peanut punch. Uh, old old Chuck Tillman, <sighs> it seemed like as right as they were down there too. But you know, you, you you get one of those or remove one of those. The penalties, you know, let, let's be honest, they didn't have spring ball. Yeah. Um, very few big teams. Only one. Only one scrimmage uh, had yeah spring practices. So some some all rough, the excuses. Some yeah lack of discipline is is to be um, understood, um, and hopefully those things can be tidied up. But like you said, there was. Um, you know, the, the ground game was really good. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, there's been a focus on, you know, getting the yards per carry average up. Um, they were at almost five Which and a half yards per carry. Uh, you know, Sam Laporta, certainly kind of a, a bright spot. I mean, MVP, if we're talking MVP and a loss, Tory Taylor. They got a punter. The old Aussie punter. Um, Charlie Jones looked really good on punt return, you know, kind mm-hmm. of on the other side. Yep. Got a chance uh, with Campbell and Seth Benson out to get some younger guys some some reps and some live game action. Davion Nixon was looked good. Uh, looked, disruptive. Looked hard. Great, he was disruptive. Great adjectives. So, um, you know, there's plenty of good things that you can that you can extract from from a game like this. Obviously, you wish the result uh, went uh, the other way. One thing that um, kind of to credit Chad Lysico, who also gave credit to another, um, I think he was a caller on Sound Off or something like that. They asked uh, Chad to look into. Uh, kind of the second half of the last few games, they said, God, it just seems like Iowa's not not doing much on the offensive end. The last four Big Ten games, Iowa has not scored a second-half touchdown. Ugh. So if you look at the breakdown, they, There's you your know, stat of the day. Petrus you know, kind of started kind of slow, settled in the second quarter. Second quarter is when Iowa scored 17 of their 20 points, and then they only mustered three of the, the last half hour of the game. Tyler Goodson didn't touch the ball in the fourth quarter. They also had a little bit of an ex. Explanation, explanation for that. So the fourth quarter started, I think the first first play was a punt. So first possession of the fourth quarter was a one-play possession. They gave it away. Mm-hmm. Um, second uh, possession, so, something like, I think that was one of Sargent's fumbles. Sargent had two long runs in a row. You probably would have had Goodson. I mean, Sargent, was run, Sargent was running well. <laughs> yeah, you, you probably would have had Goodson substitute you yeah, know, aver- at that point. He was averaging six and a half yards a carry. Had, had they not you know turned the ball over, it, it would have been Goodson's turn mm-hmm. um and then you know obviously uh there's the the not 
the the non executed screen pass that yeah. would have been a, a big gain. That would um, and then that that was pretty much it. I mean, yep. they didn't have much in terms of fourth quarter possessions, much less quality ones. So there's a little bit of context there, but I still think you know they could have done more uh, to to get goods in the ball. He was clearly you know clicking. The offense almost kind of felt at the start was like, well, we have all these receivers, we have to get them the ball. We have to do whatever. We have to throw the ball all over the place. And just felt like almost they were trying a little too hard. Um, Smith Marset didn't have a catch in the game. He seemed, his attitude seemed a little off, shall we say. And I, I didn't catch that watch, uh, um, live, but I've, I've, I've heard that. I mean, it, he was clearly, um, you know, understandably frustrated. Yes, he was. Um, Kirk did mention this week in one of his pressers he was hoping to see a little bit more out of the return game, so... Uh, you know, I, I can understand and give a bit of a pass to somebody who's, um, you know, understandably frustrated, was, uh, you know, long awaiting a, a game like this, especially mm-hmm. coming off, you know, the run he had where he had something like five touchdowns in the last, yeah. you know, two games, at least five in the last two games. If we're, mm-hmm. you know, looking back to Nebraska and USC. So, yep. you know, I would imagine he'd be uh, right up on the top of the list in terms of guys who are eager for this Saturday at 2.30 mm-hmm. to roll around. So, um you know, hopefully, you know, there's the old adage that, you know, the teams make their most improvement from weeks one to two. Hopefully that holds true Saturday and we see, um, you know, we, we see big things and, uh, you know, that, that group, uh, or all three groups, rather, really coming together and kind of operating at a higher level. Yeah, and uh, defensively, I mean, David Bell's good. Um, is he, well, he's good. He's had 13 catches, two games against Iowa. Um, Iowa didn't play one play of man-to-man defense in the secondary. They played zone every snap. Really? Um, yep. They are one of the few teams that's done that. <laughs> um, so Maybe with a, there's a reason why. <laughs> with a guy of Bell's caliber, um, yeah, he's probably going to find uh, find those holes and just kind of sit down in them and – he said it was. It wasn't. It never felt like he was just you know going deep all the time and getting open, and just they're just yeah, throwing he, it he wrong. Wasn't, he wasn't mossing people. No, he, he's like just that. always. You're just like God, open again. Yeah, here's here's a stat. Iowa produced per pass average against man covers through one game can't be computed yet because Iowa played man zero times in fifty two dropbacks. I'll be damned. I'll be damned. Yep. So I'm no all twenty twos guy, but I mean that that surprises me just that i mean it, to not even try i was just saying if nothing else because you know after a while you kind of start to see damn we, we knew david bill's pretty good and he's still kind of killing mm-hmm. us wouldn't we know he's the focus of the uh you know the offense the the starting running back was mm-hmm. out of course for purdue so yeah uh and without rondale more like we knew you know even a week ago you 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 knew the ball was going to david bell mm-hmm. um and he still couldn't stop it so i all the all the credit in the world to him but i think that probably says as much about um, Iowa's defense, as it did, you know, his ability and, and you know, O'Connell's ability to find him. Hawks are going to have to find a little more pass rush. I, yeah, the one thing that, that did stick out to me, uh, you know, amidst the amidst the fireball and bourbon was, <laughs> uh, yeah, that never seemed to get, you know, really good push with the front four. Of course, uh, Austin Schulte uh, was out. out. Yep. Um, there's a lot of new bodies on the, I mean, I, there's... Logan Lee wasn't playing. Yeah, there, there's, I mean, only one returning starter on the yep. defensive line. Yep. Uh, uh, you know, last last week we were talking about that being possibly um, okay because, you know, you were going to still have a lot of guys who had game experience and had reps. But, um, yeah, there, there was never really 
um, a big threat. Uh, O'Connell seemed like he could kind of sit back there pretty comfortably. There was, on, I think it was produced last touchdown drive, though. Um, the refs definitely missed some holding calls. Joe yeah. Evans literally got his jersey ripped yeah. and torn in half, and they didn't call a hold on that. Um, just, but I mean, the stats are the stats definitely don't tell the story. I mean, except for the obviously the two fumbles lost, but um, Purdue also turned it over twice. So true, true. But they turned it over deep. Well, the one interception was like going into the end zone almost. A little bit of an arm punt. Yep. Um, time for possession though. Purdue had it for thirty minutes and eleven seconds. Iowa had it for twenty nine minutes forty nine seconds. Not so, as deep as you can get. Yeah, just, just. At least we're at the age now where we don't let an Iowa loss ruin our whole weekend. Yeah, for sure. And it, I, I will admit, I was I was more surly than I would typically be, um, but you given know, the ten month layoff, <laughs> you I know, think. like I said, understandably so, right? There, there hasn't been uh, anything to look forward to since. Well, hell, like we said, uh, the I last football wise, anyway. Yeah, the last time an Iowa team played any sport, they lost that game too. I think it was the basketball, basketball loss to Illinois. Illinois so. Yeah. Yeah, you know, a lot of build up, a lot of excitement for for a bit of a letdown, and and like I said, I think at least for me the worst part was that you know it just felt like I said so familiar, um, yeah, in a way. But you know that being said, um, I, I think Purdue probably um, feels pretty good and, and pr- pretty fortunate to have caught Iowa mm. when they did. I do think Iowa's a better team um, than they showed on Saturday. Uh, of course, you know what what really matters is that, that needs to bear it out. You know from uh, from now until you know mid December. Yeah, I mean Purdue's offense—they get Rondell Moore back to get the starting seal back, back, get Jeff Brom back. They—they're gonna put up some points. Uh, they're gonna be tough to—they're <laughs> gonna be tough to deal with. Yeah, that's I mean, for sure. I mean, if for being honest too, I'd say you know Iowa's defense did a did a pretty. Good, I mean, so I say this you know in the same breath where we're talking about. Uh, you know, David Bell going off and having himself mm-hmm. a day. But, uh, you know, holding a team like Purdue, um, which historically wins games by outscoring people to 24 mm-hmm. points, is is not bad. No. Um, but it, it, you know, it wasn't enough Saturday. And that's, you know, that's the bottom line. That, that's the bottom line. Stone Cold said so. Um, so, yeah. And uh, we're kind of around the rest of the Big Ten Saturday. Iowa wasn't the only one to, to kind of – Stub their toe on Saturday, were they? Looking nope. at you, Penn State. Looking yeah. at you, Michigan State. So, and I think Michigan State's going to be bad. I think Indiana might be kind of good, and Penn State also dealing with a lot of attrition. Yeah, Guy, guys, guys out. opting out, guys getting hurt. I think they're going to be down to their th- third string running back, third or fourth. Granted, it's Penn State, and the way they recruit, they shouldn't really have to worry about. That as much. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not going to lose any sleep worrying about you know their ability to, um, you know, to compete and put a put a team out on the field. So, uh, but but certainly if nothing else, um, you know the the Iowa loss was probably um, lost in the wash between you know Rutgers winning uh, a, a conference Rutgers, game. Rutgers scoring forty points for the first time in forever. Uh, of course, the big you know the night game where game day was up in the up in the Twin Cities and. You know, Indiana beating a top 10 uh, Penn State team. And then, of course, uh, you know, Ohio State and, and Ryan Day just sunning and then, Nebraska. And then didn't he apologize, I think, to Frost or something after the game for... Yeah, he he went, uh, they went for it. Um, their, their last 
touchdown was with under like two minutes left. I th- might have. I think it was even perhaps under a minute left. Um, they were already up. Yeah, forty-five seventeen, and it did crack me up when Nebraska was down. I don't know. They were. They only had fourteen. It was maybe forty something to to fourteen, and it's fourth and goal on the five yard line, and they decided to kick a field goal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's playing for the the box score result as opposed to the, you know, the outcome of the game. But hey, I apologize. Rutgers didn't score forty; they scored thirty eight. Thirty eight. When, when snapped a twenty one game conference losing. Oh, is that streak. what it was? I, I knew it was double digit for 21 sure. Twenty one comfortably double digit. Oh. Twenty one games. That's all we did. So, um, you know, all that said, um, some surprises over the weekend. Probably no more surprising Big Ten news or issues than. Uh, what we found out today in terms of uh, the Wisconsin-Nebraska game uh, canceled. canceled, not postponed, canceled. As you recall, the Big Ten a no contest did not build deemed. any bye weeks. So, yeah, this is not a forfeit by Wisconsin, even though it sounds like it was you know, the athletic department's decision to not participate as opposed to the, the Big yeah, Ten. Yeah, it was Alvarez. Barry Alvarez kind of called it. Uh, so you will not see uh, Nebraska and Wisconsin play this weekend. You will not see that game made up, and therefore you will not see – um, that another full eight-game slate. Uh, yeah, you'll not see another Sorry. blow. Yeah, uh, there, there's there's plenty of jokes to go around. You yeah. know, this is the only way Nebraska was going to beat the spread this weekend or cover <laughs> the spread this weekend. Uh, you know, not play. Well, the thing is, though, I mean, Wisconsin looked very good last Friday. They, Graham Mertz looked like freaking twenty of twenty-one. I don't even know who he looked like. He's, he was so good. He looked really good. He looked like Aaron Rodgers. You know, he yeah. looked like he looked like name your big twelve. He had four touchdowns in the first half. Yeah, by five now. touchdowns total. I mean. They, I think they're still kind of looking for a running back, but it's Wisconsin, so they'll find something. I mean, Illinois is not good, but they they hung in there for a little bit. I I, I watched that game on Friday night. They they hung in there for a little bit, but it wasn't long before. Well, it looks um, like it was twenty eight seven at halftime, and then Illinois yet yeah, yeah it, it was fourteen seven closing in on halftime, and then uh, I think there was a turnover, a couple touchdowns, and then it was just yeah, it was it was done from there. There was no looking back. I mean, some of the quarterback performances this weekend. I mean. Graham Mertz was twenty of twenty one, Justin Fields was twenty of twenty one. I mean, there's there's some quarterbacks. Michigan State uh, former West Des Moines Valley standout well, Rocky? Rocky Lombardi um, had a decent game, but I think they're going to be bad. Did they see they had seven turnovers? Michigan State had seven turnovers. I believe. I, I I didn't know that, but I believe it. I believe that's how many turnovers they well, had. Well, and you know, I, I, again, I'm not going to feel bad for Michigan State, uh, but you know, Mel Tucker, new coach, D'Antonio rides off into the sunset, um, presumably uh, of his own choosing. Wink, wink. Correction: They had eight turnovers. <laughs> that's terrible. They had six fumbles and two interceptions. But you know, Mel Tucker comes in pretty late, like February. Yeah. January, February. There's, there's a lot of people that are like no. I, I mean, yeah, and D'Antonio left yeah. late in the game. But I mean, he come, Mel Tucker comes in. Obviously, things kind of shut down in March. Opened back up a little bit over the summer. I mean, he just had no time to, well, you know, we're talking about you know installing a system or building a culture. He's not even had time to learn guys' names. I would yeah. imagine. I don't even know if they had spring practice with everything. You know, I don't would know guess if they not. got that in. Um, yeah, I think I know Northwestern did, which might explain why they look so good. But I do think very few Big Ten teams got. Any kind of significant spring practices, and uh, one of those quarterbacks who looked pretty good uh, over the weekend was former uh, Indiana quarterback, now at Northwestern, Peyton mm-hmm. Ramsey. He uh, he did exactly what he needed to do for for Northwestern to to win big over the Terrapins, who um, never really stood a chance. Yeah. Scored three points in the first quarter, then that was it. 
Yeah. Um, and Minnesota getting absolutely stomped by Michigan. I don't like Jim Harbaugh, but I dislike the Gophers way more than I dislike Jim Harbaugh. Wow. That is, that is so, saying something. I yeah. And, I mean, Minnesota's defense is terrible. Michigan, they might have a quarterback. I don't know. We'll see. They seem to always play well early on mm-hmm. and then go from there. But, I mean, I think Minnesota's got a good, a pretty decent offense, but their defense was just Swiss cheese, man. Holes all over the place. They lost a lot of guys from last year. They did. They did. Probably none more uh, significant than Antoine Winfield. Yeah, who's junior, starting, but... I believe, for Tampa Bay yep. and yep. having a pretty good so. year so far. I mean, so kind of an odd... Odd weekend to start the Big it Ten, is, you know? It was, just... weird. it was weird to watch all these familiar teams after thinking at one point, we're not going to get to watch them, and then you still have, then we know we get it back, but then you still have to watch everybody else before the familiar schools that you're used to start playing. It's just weird. Yeah. Even, I mean, everything's weird about even this Even so, year. like, I, I can't help but, like, shake, or at least completely shake this, this feeling that the whole... This whole thing kind of just seems like an exhibition year, like a long preseason in a way. Like, you know, like I said, I'm happy as anybody to have it back. And, you know, I, I don't wish for anything but, you know, health for everyone, all games getting played, you know, ho- hopefully, obviously, you know, a, a ton of Hawkeye wins along the way. But, like, I, I think maybe, if nothing else, as some kind of, like, subconscious defense mechanism in the back of my mind, I'm like, you know what, if it kind of goes to shit, like, you know, this wasn't like a real year anyway, yeah. so... That could just be me lying to myself for some self-preservation. Oh, I declared that last night with it. the baseball season. After the Dodgers won the World Series, it, it, this season didn't count. Cubs will be back next year. Well, God, who knows what uh, what they would have had to do had there been a Game 7 with Justin Turner and his, his antics. Yeah, coughing all over the whole team and infecting the whole team. All right, well, maybe we'll, let's take a quick break, um, then we'll kind of come back and we will look at the the Windy City Kitties of Northwestern, as I like to call them. Um, make sure you check out our sponsors, Dead Eye Barbecue Sauce. Fairway, Hy-Vee, Amazon, you can get them anywhere. Joe made some little smokies this weekend for the cool. game with Dead Eye Barbecue Sauce. Delightful. Amazing. Um, check that out. Also, check out tailgatesociety.com. Um, it's kind of where we are based out of. Um, sports, pop culture, if you want to dabble in some politics and social issues, we got that too. You've got six more days. Yep. Yep. And then we're done talking about that forever. Yes. Thank God. Let's hope. All right. We'll be right back. This Tailgate Society podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Deadeye Premium Barbecue Products. Born in Iowa and made in the heartland, Deadeye is your go-to source for everything barbecue. Sauces, seasonings, you name it. They've made a science out of great grilling flavor. It's more than a sauce. Whether you're cooking sliders, dogs, steak, or chicken, Deadeye has the explosive flavor needed to make every dish delicious. Try a splash of their sweet and smoky original recipe or turn up the heat with their Magnum Edition barbecue sauce. Both flavors are available in seasonings as well as sauces. So pick your favorite and prepare your taste buds for an unforgettable eating experience. Deadeye Premium Barbecue products are available at Fairway, Hy-Vee, Amazon, or at DeadeyeBBQ.com. All right. So now we turn the page, right? Northwestern. Onward and upward. I mean, still in the same vein, though. Uh, you know, yeah. Put Purdue in there. Still a just, team you're like, Just God. a thorn in your side, pain in your ass. You know, you can you can have uh, all the talent in the world. You can have your best team ever, you know, your 2015 squad. You can have a down year. It's just always going to be kind of a, a slog, you know, kind of a slugfest. 
uh, ugly kind of game, you know. Yeah, last year I would definitely say it was a one-off with Iowa. What was it, like twenty? I think it was just twenty to nothing last year. Iowa went over there. And well, just... they had the Northwestern had the most putrid offense. Yeah, in the world it was terrible last year. I mean, then you got. I mean, you got your aberration. You got your forty to ten. You know, uh, Akram's kind yep. of breakout game when. Yep. You know, like James Daniels is out, half the team was out, and you kind of didn't expect much. They were headed to Evanston, but you know, those are those are few and far between anymore. Of course, you know we we are of the era where uh, you, you and I are, where you know the, the Iowa Northwestern series has always been pretty pretty competitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, my first game ever at Kinnick was uh, a loss to Northwestern. I want to say '95. Darnell Autry just oh, yeah, went when, over when those guys were, uh, you know, Heisman contender yep. Darnell Autry. Yep, so, yep, yep. In, in a, I believe Pat Fitzgerald was playing in that game yep, too. Back probably. In, uh, back in they the won the Rose. There, they went to the Rose Bowl. I'm pretty sure Gary Barnett would have been the head coach yep. back then. Yep, you bet. I was, it was Hayden that really lit his fire when he told him after one game, "Sorry, hope we didn't hurt your boys too much." Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, way to go, Hayden. Well, between that and old uh, Patty breaking his arm, leg, 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 leg so broke his leg. Yeah, since then the the rivalry has been certainly a, a heated one, a contentious one, and, and you know a, pr- a pretty even one. So say what you will about you know Northwestern as a program, you know either year to year or historically, but uh, this is no walk in the park. Yeah. Um, it, it, it never is. Um, they've got a new quarterback this year. It was a grad transfer from Indiana, uh, Peyton Ramsey, who was pretty, you know, pretty solid player for Indiana. Wasn't horrible by any means. Played quite a bit. Um, definitely is. He can run the ball. He's, so he's kind of your your annoying white Northwestern quarterback that'll mm-hmm. slip out of the pocket and Bingo. scramble for eight yards on a third and seven when you think you got him in the backfield and just awesome to watch. So much fun. Um, they're kind of, they're anchored on defense. Two linebackers, Patty Fisher, who's a senior, um, been there for quite a while. Nineteenth year senior. Um, he's been a four year starter. Uh, another senior linebacker, Blake Gallagher, another pretty well long tenured linebacker there. So they'll have a good core there. Um, I think I would. The name of the game just turnovers and don't shoot yourself in the foot. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's clean up the things that really held you back mm-hmm. um, against Purdue. Uh, it's, you know, for, for Petrus, you know, taking the, um, take what's given to you, t- t- take the dozen or so incompletions that you had and converting the ones that were, you know, truly, truly makeable. Obviously yeah. there's going to be attempts every game that are throwaways that are low percentage, but, you know, taking those ones where, um, you know, you had a miss and, you know, convert those into receptions. I think it's getting, uh, kind of like you alluded to earlier. Um, some of your playmakers a little bit more involved, uh, you know, Amir Smith Marset. Yeah, he's got to be he's got to be more involved for sure. Um, you know, a healthy go healthy dose of, of Tyler Goodson. Uh, you know, of course, spelled by um, Sergeant. I and uh, I didn't mention this earlier, but I really liked uh, what IKM did. Uh, mm-hmm. Ivory Kelly Martin did kind of in, in spot duty. Um, the, the running game did look good. So you know, fix the fixables. Uh, you know, carry over the things that really did work. Uh, you do get Seth Vincent back at middle linebacker, which takes Nick Neiman back to his uh, more natural spot. Did they? I, are, is that what's going to happen this week? Yep. Yep. So uh, then that takes Barrington Wade to you know the third linebacker spot, presumably if they're mm-hmm. going to use you know the four three, uh, him or um, Double J, uh, Justin Jacobs. Justin Jacobs. Uh, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I don't think you're going to see as much. Um, Four two five, uh, as you did. Last probably week. not. You're probably um, going to see more four three this week, I would think. But I, but you know, Northwestern isn't going to sling it around um, like Purdue does. But they're but they're capable. They're they're more than capable 
Um, you know, you're in, you're out, and certainly with, like you said, the grad transfer, uh, Peyton Ramsey, of, of, you know, having an efficient passing attack. Last week, they did put up uh, over 300 yards on the ground, though. So I think, really, that's going to be the, the priority or, you know, the, the first thing that um, is on Phil Parker's um, Phil Parker's, you know, scouting report this week is stop the run, stop the run, stop the run. Yep. Um, Rushing-wise, Isaiah Bowser, um, who ran all over Iowa a couple years ago in Iowa City. Um, and also Drake Anderson, who's a sophomore, who if makes me feel old because I remember watching his dad play for Northwestern. Uh, Damian Anderson oh, yes, yes. is the, uh, I believe he's the program's career leading rusher. Um, he played in the late 90s, early 2000, probably. Um he had 10 carries for 100 yards last week. Uh, Bowser had 23 carries for 70 yards, I believe, last week. So, I mean, there's your two-headed right there. Yeah, between those two, they had almost as many carries as Peyton Ramsey had passing attempts. Yep. And then they still had you know, a handful of other guys get a few carries here, a few carries there. Peyton Ramsey, I think, scrambled for uh, just about 50 yards. So, uh, like you mentioned, what, what you don't want to see is – Hopefully that same feeling that you know we had last Saturday is it was you know death by a thousand paper cuts it seemed like last last week it was David Bell, um, you know this week has the potential for it to be kind of the Northwestern running game and uh, you know the opportunistic passing of of Peyton Ramsey but you know I'm confident in Phil to get the defensive stuff figured out. Um, add on top of that you're getting you know guys who you you know were your first team starter kind of guys back, mm-hmm. and then uh, you know kind of hopefully things get a little bit smoothed out on offense. They can just put up a touchdown or two in the second half, like mm-hmm. I talked about. Mm-hmm. Then you know we're, mm-hmm. we're looking uh, we're looking all right. Currently, it's a uh, two and a half point spread. So you know we uh, we've been you know talking down a little bit or sulking a little bit, but you know maybe uh, Vegas knows something we don't know. So um, two and a half point favorite for the Hawkeyes right now. Uh, they're calling the over under I think fifty six. So you're looking at something, you know, kind of a. Uh, a low twenties type of score for the winter and a high teens, like, low twenties. It's like what it always is. Yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> it's going to be. Um, I think we, everybody expects the you know the pretty typical uh, ball patrol turnover type game that uh, you know the team that makes makes the fewest turnovers, um, controls the clock, runs the ball well, and is efficient with their possessions, which is something Iowa was not last weekend. Um, that's the team who's going to win. Another magical batter, right? Yep. I'm going to. Uh... I'm going to go out on a limb. Hawks put it together this week. Big big scores on offense. You saying you saying big number? Are you predicting a big number or I think they're going to put up a big number. <clears throat> I think they're going to take last week and you know fix what they can, which is what was wrong, I feel like is fixable. Petrus settles in more, he's going to be at home. No fans, but still the cardboard cutouts. Did you pay your seventy dollars for, for a cardboard I cutout? I forgot. I did not either. I'm I'm really kind of curious to see what some of those are. Uh, sounds like there was a, a few things that had to get censored along the way. Yeah, probably. Um, but uh, I I also heard there might be kind of some some colorful ones. Um, but I'm I'm just gonna call my shot right now. I'm gonna go Iowa thirty eight seventeen. So a three touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. Okay. I was not expecting that. We we do not uh, rehearse or, or practice this beforehand. Nope. Um, I'm gonna let's get I'm, weird. I'm gonna be. I'm here for it. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm here for Maryland 17. is terrible. Maryland is really bad. Which which is what makes this hard to gauge. You know, like I think Northwestern's a, a competent team. I think uh, honestly, Northwestern really might be the one who who gains the biggest advantage from you know Graham Mertz being out in, in Wisconsin. 
you know, who knows what their roster is going to look like after uh, roster and then, you know, availability is going to look mm-hmm. like after the kind of the seven day pause. Um, so I honestly think, you know, kind of Northwestern is, is, is really set up, you know, just looking at their, their schedule and kind of when they might have to play or perhaps, you know, miss Wisconsin. So I plan on them being opportunistic. I don't know how to gauge this, like I said, after, uh, you know, the game against Maryland who, um, you know, up until last week, you know, you were going to be putting Rutgers and Maryland in, in the same kind of boat. Obviously, Rutgers looks a little bit elevated, but um, I'm going to say Hawks cover the spread. So confident okay. in that, feel good about that. Uh, I'm going to say I'm going to say 28 to 21 Hawks. Pretty boring score, four touchdowns. Um, you know, at least a couple of those by Spencer Petrus. You know, I do think that you know Northwestern is going to to use what they saw um, last week uh, against Iowa's defense. Um, certainly, we know Pat Fitzgerald uh, always kind of has this game circled on on his calendar and, and knows when it's coming up. So. I expect nothing less than, you know, kind of a bar fight, but um, I do think Iowa's the better team. I do think they, like you said, they fix the things that they know they need to fix, and I think they come out with a W on Saturday. I just, I'm just looking at their stats, and they only had two sacks last week. Um, I just I, I just feel like Iowa's going to put it together. Iowa has too much talent, especially offensively, to not put up points. Yeah, and, you know, there's things you can do with, um, you know, to, to kind of create a pass rush. One thing we didn't really see a ton last year was that Raider package, mm-hmm. um, you know, that we'd seen a couple years ago from Phil. Obviously, you know, the four-two-five, uh, you know, kind of having five more true defensive back types out there, kind of hinders you a little bit or kind of hamstrings you a little bit in terms of just the personnel and the, and the looks you can bring. But um, I, I, you know, I, I have all the faith in the world in Phil Parker. Also, nobody, I haven't seen teams scheme Iowa better in the last handful of years and what Purdue does. They spread you out. They put Iowa in the four two five to where they know that it's their five Iowa line their five linemen running against four defensive linemen and one linebacker. And I think it, it showed last week it worked. I think I don't know. It just Purdue just has some sort of voodoo magic over Iowa. I mean but you could claim, you know, in a lot of ways Northwestern has the same type of thing. Too, you know. They don't have the weapons on the outside, though. Very true. Very true. Their leading receiver last week was a tight end who's a grad transfer. Um, he had five catches for like 60 yards. Granted, they probably they didn't have to throw the ball much. But I just, I don't know. I, I don't think, I don't think Northwestern's offense is magically fixed that much from last year to this year. Outside of a quarterback, that's really the only change. Sure, sure. No, I can totally see it. And, you know, uh, a lot of times, you know, that that's the trigger man. That's the guy who really runs the show. So, I can see it being a big deal, uh, but you know I also um, I I do tend to agree with you. So you got two Hawks victories here, both covering the spread. You're calling a big shot. Yep, I think it's going to be a substantial number two. Go out there and make um, me a profit, boys. But uh, you know, e- either way, um, I'm I'm just as excited, if not more, in some kind of weird, demented kind of way for for this Saturday than I was for last Saturday. And it's Halloween. Yeah, that's right. I thought that that really is. I've got anything. a wedding. I got a Halloween I, wedding. I, I just remember that. I got to go to that. So. Uh, thankfully, the end of the game is during the cocktail hour, so I'm sure we can slip away, catch some stuff on the phones. Maybe uh, most games, most Iowa games are considered cocktail hours. We'll sneak up to a hotel room, absolutely. So there will I will be solo tailgating. Um, you know, both pre pre ceremony, post reception during the cocktail hour. So my boss last week actually went to Iowa City and had a small tailgate with some friends. 
like a, like a small socially distanced tailgate. They always tailgate somewhere off of Melrose on uh, some, at some yard, and so they went there and last weekend and tailgated before the game. And hey, I did see that enjoy responsibly. That the U of I is putting up signs around town this week saying no tailgating in lot in yeah. public lots. I mean, lots, you got to think the that they're going to actually close them off. Yeah, you know, because otherwise, obviously, you know. With the setup in Iowa City, it's, you know, different than you see, you know, up in Ames or wherever, where it's just kind of big, open, university-controlled lots. You can't, you know, oversee or, or police what happens in a neighborhood. But, yeah, I, I can't imagine it's going to be anything, um, you know, even closely resembling what we've seen in past years, even in non-university <sighs> spaces. I miss tailgating. Yeah, it was, again, it's, it's one of those things where the game is... The game's a part of it. The game is just a part of the it. Game you know, is, you know, the game is yeah, tailgating yeah, and the camaraderie, and it's all that. It's all that stuff that that, that gets me excited. It's, I mean, there's 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 people that you only see like going tailgating every year. That True. You, that, and but those are also the only people you ever tailgate with. True. So it's a weird, like you feel it's. I, I miss that. I miss those people. Miss, next year, everybody do the right thing. Yes. You know, this week, do the right thing. Uh, next week, do the right thing in the next following weeks. Wash your hands, wear masks in public. By God, next uh, th- this time next year, we're going to be... Don't be going on party buses for Halloween and... That's <laughs> not something I would do. I got no. I got invited on Facebook to a Halloween party that had like 40 people confirmed and had like 200 more invited. And it was at a townhouse in Waukee. So I'm like, okay, you don't have room for those many <laughs> yeah. people, first of all. But it's just, be smart, people. It's... It's not political. It's, it's yeah. No, it's it's everybody helping it's science, everybody. Man. You, know? Just, and, you know, I don't think there's any one of us who doesn't uh, personal responsibility. Yeah, doesn't either ourselves or know somebody who has, um, you know, some kind of at-risk individual, whether it be a grandparent or you know someone uh, someone who's otherwise compromised. And, and that's the thing. Like, uh, I, I certainly don't want to get sick, uh, and I think it'd be pretty terrible, um, just in terms of you know, at, at the very least, the inconvenience. But uh, mm-hmm. my bigger concern is. You know, getting sick and then unknowingly you who know, could giving, you giving it to somebody else who exactly. lives with an older parent or mm-hmm. you know has to go into work to earn their livelihood. So mm-hmm. that's uh, that, that's my point of view. But oh, uh, that, get off the that's what I, I agree. It's not it's not necessarily about you. It's about who you could spread it to. Bingo. Well, yeah. Okay, let's put our soapbox away. Okay, that's gone now. Um, I think that's probably all we really got this week. Kind of a shorter show than last week, which is okay. There's not a whole lot going on. Uh, World of Basketball, I saw it today. Luca Garza was named uh, Preseason Player of the Year by, uh, I believe it's Jeff Goodman, who was previously he the college, stuff. He is, he college is, basketball guy with uh, ESPN. Um, also, A.J. Green from you and I was an All-American on one of his All-American lists. He's, he's going to be a junior. Yep, because he and Wieskamp were on the same AAU team together. That's, yeah, that's right, that's right. Not too sure. Hopefully, um, we get some basketball. I don't know, the, the, the bubbles have been canceled down in what was there going to be one down in yeah. orlando well there's there's i just saw uh, across the bottom line just now the gavit games between the big 10 and the big east is called off so that kind of takes away um you would think like a creighton type of matchup or a mm-hmm. uh, you know the, the possibility of a creighton matchup it does certainly seem like it's kind of inching closer and closer to a conference only schedule um which I still think Iowa State gets played. Um, yeah, I mean, who, who who knows at this point what what actually is going to happen? Mm-hmm. But uh, it would certainly be nice to have a little bit of variation. I'm, I'm sure the coaches would agree. Just a few uh, few tuned up games before you get into the meats of, of a conference schedule. I wonder if we see something like it's almost kind of like college baseball, where the team comes to town and they play like a 
three game series, or yeah. you know, you play both your games. But I mean, it's different because the Big Ten doesn't do round robin. But yeah, well, I could see that you too, could do where where you, where you the teams you are playing home home and home. You guys you meet play on a Friday and play on a Sunday. Yeah, I could see the same type of thing where you know maybe over the course of a, of a weekend or a three day weekend, or a Thursday see, and Sunday. I could like see that. you know Northwestern Iowa both meeting in Champaign, and then you get a chance to play two different teams kind of in one spot. Mm-hmm. Over the course of a relatively short period of time, something like that too. Uh, of course, you know having to having to stay in Champaign any longer than you need to. Oh my God, what terrible, a shithole town that is! Pretty, pretty terrible place to be, but yeah, who knows? At, at the very least, though, um, one one month from now we will have you know uh, fingers crossed some kind of uh, Big Ten basketball, God, some kind of so. basketball too. So that'll certainly uh, you know liven up the docket, and you know, and as things progress with uh, you know Big Ten football and and seeing what else happens and terms of you know the kind of the cream rising to the top or you know get a few weeks under their belt there'll be some additional things to get into but uh yeah for now it's pretty straightforward one game down one game uh, ahead and uh you know and the, and the beat marches on let's go out there and uh score some points make me look good beat the beat the wildcats and we'll be back next week to talk about it damn right all right see ya love you guys